Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Putting yourself out there as practitioners who are growing and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Mbalia. I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) This is amazing. This is so fun. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of It's Personal. And today we have uh, an amazing guest. Um, Can you please uh, introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz, calling in from New York. You from New York? Were you born and raised in New York? Yeah, I'm a born born and raised New York City kid, um, and lived here the majority of my life outside of the four years at college where I lived in Connecticut, and then um, my husband and I lived in Oakland, California, for three and a half years, but we moved back here in June, and and he's also a born and raised New York City kid. So, what was it like growing up in New York as a kid? It's so funny, everyone asked me that and I don't know how to answer because it's just like home but um you know it's like I don't know any different I guess I should say but um you know it's a very um busy uh place which I love I I don't do well in like quiet like suburbia freaks me out um the Mm. woods are even more terrifying (laughs) um and although I don't know sometimes suburbia is more terrifying but um I really enjoy people. I'm used to people being out at all times of the night. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of culture everywhere you turn and diversity. And um, it makes you be, growing up in New York makes you become independent very quickly because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's sort of this uh, stereotype about New Yorkers being rude. And I don't actually think we're rude. I just think we're all like busy and like have have things to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we won't be helpful or kind if someone needs help, but it also means like we don't have time for like nonsense or like you got to know what you need and let us know and then we'll, we'll point you in the right direction and keep it moving. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very no-nonsense place, which I mm-hmm. really appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. And going to California was was tricky for me because I didn't legitimately didn't understand why people would smile at me when we walked past <laughs> one another on the street. And it took me almost the whole three and a half years to like train myself to respond with a smile and not with like a like side eye, like, are you about to murder me? Um, <laughs> look. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a very like keep your head down, keep it moving mentality about the city, New York City, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I that I love. Um, you are 10 years old. What did your household look like back then? So when I was 10, my parents had already been uh, divorced for six years. So I had two, two homes. Uh, one was the apartment that my parents actually 
lived in together and then my mom and I moved out of um, and that's in the East Village of New York in this um, sort of like apartment complex called Stuyvesant Town. Um, my dad actually still lives there to this day in the same apartment um, because one thing about New York is if you have an apartment with like a rent controlled type situation you never leave um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mom and I actually had been bouncing around a little bit and we landed in Harlem when I was nine. So we had, we were in, in the apartment in Harlem that I lived in for the majority of my um, sort of formative years. And we rented, it was actually sort of a unique situation where we were actually renting half of a brownstone. Um, so we had two floors. It was like the closest thing to a house that New York gets really. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time, Harlem hadn't yet gentrified. Um, mm -hmm. And so in a lot of communities or people's eyes, it was an undesirable neighborhood. Um, mm -hmm. And for us, it was an amazing place to live um, and to move to. And it was also one of the few places that she could afford as a single mom um, with a kid um, that we could actually have space. Um, mm -hmm. So we had, so at 10, I had been living there for about a year. Um, and yeah, and I lived there, we lived there until uh, I graduated college. When you were in school, um, what did like your classroom or the demographics look like when you were during that age? Yeah, I was really fortunate that um, I, I was able to go to really incredible public schools in New York City. Um, and my parents put effort and time into um, doing the legwork that needs to be done to get into the specialized schools. Um, so mm -hmm. you, it, the public school system is pretty complicated in New York, but you can essentially, um, you're always guaranteed a spot at your zone school, but then there are these schools that are outside of your zone sometimes or within your zone but you're not guaranteed a spot where you have to do an additional thing to get in so whether it's taking a test or an interview or writing an essay um and so i i did that um for elementary middle and high school and so 10 years old i guess i was in elementary school so i was going to a school called bridges which i actually don't even think it exists anymore it was a really small school that lived in a floor of like a larger public school actually it like mm -hmm. took up a half a floor or a floor um and one of the things that my parents really um prioritized was making sure i was in diverse learning environments i was coming from they, they were in an interracial marriage i'm you know in a mixed race person and and it was important to them that i was surrounded by a, a wide range of people um, as as I was growing up and learning. And so that was something that I was really fortunate to have in all of my um, academic environments, actually until college, mm. um, where it actually felt like at this like prestigious liberal arts school, it was very overwhelming to me because it was the whitest environment I had ever been in um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so and then would you say like your was your elementary like a part of your middle school and high school or were they just no. separate schools they're all separate schools so separate so schools. each each time you uh go through every time you like sort of get to the end of that 
school age, you have to reapply. It's like a whole application process. It's very stressful. It's like not, I don't think it's like a healthy thing to put children through. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. So you like learn about, yeah, you like learn about rejection really young or like waitlisted. I was waitlisted at both. I think both my middle and high school, I I ended up getting into my top choice, but yeah, it's like a really intense and like not super uh healthy process i don't think Gosh, holy cow <laughs> yeah that's so much it so is. what did your like high schooling look like my high school was awesome um i went to a school called the beacon school which is um still in operation and is um i think like doubled in size since i was a student there um but at the time it was this really progressive new school that um what they were really focused on was uh like abolishing standardized testing from Mm -hmm. their um whole process and they were able to convince the new york new york city board of education to allow them to um not for their students to not take any of the regents exams um and to have a completely independent curriculum um and it worked out really well and they have I'm assuming to this day it's it's a it's similar but but when I was a student there they had one of the highest um, matriculation rates Uh, they had one of the highest um, rate like percentages of students going to four-year colleges after Um, and I believe it was like a hundred percent were going at least to two-year college if not four-year college of graduates Um, it was a it was a really incredible program and what was also incredible about it was um, they had no restrictions on where uh, students lived in the city. So you had people coming from all over the city, all different backgrounds. Um, you just had to write an, you had to write an essay to get in and then there was an interview and that was the process. They weren't in any way restrictive of, you know, a certain area where when a school has that, then a lot of times you're only going to get a certain group of people in attendance and it can be limiting, I think, socially, um, mm-hmm for students so it was a really really incredible school and I to this day I I will say it was the I think a lot of people did not have this experience but high school was like the best time of my life (laughs) I I loved it yeah that's so cool if I had a chance to talk to some of your friends from high school what would they say about you Mm, they would say that I am opinionated and loud but loyal and have a very unusually large appetite (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about your appetite then yeah i i'm always eating i am at all times eating what's Um, your uh, favorite food yeah i can't answer that question because i immediately want to say like chicken wings and cheeseburgers and sushi and shrimp dumplings personal so it's a variety of things obviously correct do you enjoy cooking I love cooking. Yeah, I really oh, love cooking. Good. So what is your like go-to dish? I make a lot of pastas. I would okay. make I make a lot of pastas. So like I would add pasta to the list of favorite foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, if, and if I was to ask your partner and I'd say like what is Natasha like? I would you can she can make anything you want. What is the dish that she would make for you? What what do you think he'd say? The dish that he would want me to make for him? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like cheeseburgers. Nice. So now I'm wondering, like, what does that process look like for you? Are you 
like very much um, like a scientist when you're cooking or are no. you kind of like, I just know what I'm doing. I'm going to get this done. And yes. it comes out great. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it doesn't always come out great, but I think <laughs> a lot of times it comes out pretty good. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Natasha, so you are um, a new mom. I am. And I think when we talked before, it's only been a few months. Yeah, she's uh, 14 weeks. 14 wow. weeks as of yesterday. So it's still Holy very, cow. very new. Yeah. So, so what's been exciting about this new chapter in your life? I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I, I felt like I did a lot of like preparation, both emotionally and like intellectually in terms of like reading and learning about what this is supposed to be like but mm-hmm. there people always say this and it really is truly one of those things like if you haven't been you don't know until you know um mm-hmm. but it it's like a lot of things it's like both ex- a lot of things are exciting because everything is new for this new human um and it's mm-hmm. really cool to see that happening uh, in real time um but it's also like very overwhelming and scary and um there's a lot of adjustment, like talking about cooking. I used to cook, I work from home. So I, I used to cook my lunch every day. I used to make dinner every night. I've only just started cooking again, um, like last week and not every day, you know, like I can't, I, I don't have the energy or capacity to, to cook. And I'm sure I will continue to, to get it back gradually, but, um, yeah, everything just changes sort of instantly and then there's no going back <laughs> so it's a lot of adjustment i'm assuming you're learning lots of stuff not only about her but about you and definitely yeah yeah what are some of those things you think that you are learning about um more about yourself now that you've had a little one i mean i definitely have more patience than i realized yeah. uh which is a nice thing to learn um <laughs> I knew I've always been pretty good at like not um, needing a lot of sleep to function, but this has reiterated that fact to me, and I'm glad to have the ability to, to have pretty good function on on lack of sleep. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I guess a, a lot of I feel like a lot of times you go into parenting. Or at least I went in being like, I really think I'm going to be this way. I, I don't see myself completely changing who I am or the way I think or the way I act. And I'm I'm sort of glad to know that that was accurate. I, I don't feel like, like I have this new person who I love in a way that you don't love anyone else really. Um, mm-hmm. So that like new type of love is, is cool and exciting. But it, I haven't let becoming a mother take over my identity entirely and that's something that I'm not that there's anything wrong with anyone who who sort of becoming a a parent or a mother is like the penultimate thing in their life I think that's wonderful for me it's it's been really nice to maintain a balance between Mm -hmm. that and the other aspects of my life that I enjoy um and like holding on to those things so that I don't lose myself entirely Mm -hmm. And what are some of those things that you, and I think, I don't know, like me and my wife don't have kids, but mm. I can just envision what the early years look like. Um, I teach third grade, so I can only imagine what it's like having a 14-week-old baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
So what are, I think, some of the things that you think about um, as a new mom that you would like to either help her with um, that you may have gotten from your mom or your dad or just something that your family has kind of taught you? Um, I think I'm really excited to impart to her the ex like the importance of reading. I started reading really early in life. My mom really made sure of that. Both my parents are writers of different varieties and like I'm obviously a writer and so I think introducing her to books and sort of seeing what she gravitates toward and um, how she takes to, to reading is something I'm really excited for. We have a while for that <laughs> but I'm excited about that um, but I don't know I'm I'm uh, I think I'm most excited sort of to let her take the, the reins and show me what she's interested in and then sort of go from there because I like n my mom didn't isn't really like a sports person so I never played a sport and I have no interest in playing a sport now as an adult like all my friends mm -hmm. are doing like intramural after work leagues and I'm like why would I ever do that but part of it's because like my mom never did it and so she didn't even think to like incorporate that into my life as an option sure. Um, sure. which is fine and I would have been terrible at it so it wasn't the wrong instinct on her part mm -hmm. um, but um, you know I feel like there's a lot of um, opportunities for her to really sort of um, stretch her wings for lack of a better um, yeah, no, I get metaphor it. And, uh -huh. and just sort of try to support that in the best way I can, even if it may not be something that I'm personally very um, knowledgeable about or mm -hmm. skilled in. Um, mm -hmm. That's amazing. I think that's the one of the things, and I think it's so early on to even ask that question, like as a a parent and I think about it more as like a teacher like you want to allow you want to introduce things to them obviously but at the same time you want to allow them to gravitate towards their own interest as well um, yes and you don't I don't know what that looks like as a, a baby I think they will get interests and they yeah will find things they like but it just obviously takes time because in the beginning you just want to expose them to as many things as possible so they they understand yeah. them where they get to see them a little bit more yeah right now it's like we're really mm -hmm. like she, there's like big wins right now when she like acknowledges her hands <laughs> <laughs> those are like the those are the um the developmental leaps that we're currently in, so cool. in the middle of like she's so rolling cool. over a tiny bit which is early you know she's like doing little things that we're like oh my god this is so cool but that's like the extent of it we, we haven't so cool like, after the first six weeks when they're a bit more like a human and less like an alien it's yes. like all of a sudden you know like little things keep keep happening and, and you're with them so much that you yeah. um you know like everything you notice everything because your whole mm -hmm. focus is on this person mm -hmm. um so it's mm -hmm. cool that's so awesome Natasha what are what's something that people may not know about you hmm. I have never been behind the wheel of a car. I do not know how to drive, and I will never learn. <laughs> Good for you. Good for <laughs> I am a real New Yorker in that way. And I lived in California for three and a half years, and I still never learned how to drive. So, yeah. so is that because, again, like you said, like New York transportation is great? Everything yeah, I mean, it was never even a consideration. <laughs> like, like my high school didn't offer um, driver's ed, so to do it, I would have had to, to I would have had to seek out 
a class and pay for it out of my own pocket. Um, a lot of work. My a father, work. right. My father does not have a driver's license. Um, mm. We never had a car in my family. My mom has a driver's license and is a dangerous driver. She should never drive. <laughs> so <laughs> cars are like not something that were incorporated into my <laughs> everyday <laughs> life. <laughs> She's terrible. It's really horrific. Um, and you know, so I, when I went to college, uh, my school, it was a very small campus and it was walkable. And so it, it still didn't feel like something that I needed. And, and at my school, you live on campus for all four years and they have housing uh -huh. for that. So you don't need a car. A lot of people had cars, obviously, and it was great for me to be able to have friends that had cars because then we could go off campus to eat or to take a weekend trip or something, but I didn't need it. And so it, it truly never crossed my mind. And then after college, I moved back to New York city and like, I'm really good at walking and I'm really good at taking the subway. And that's what I do. So, um, and like cars freak me out, like cars are dangerous and I don't like them. And like, they give me, they honestly give me a little bit of anxiety. And so I, anytime I don't need to be in a car, if there's like, if it takes an extra 20 minutes to walk and it's nice out, I love walking. It's like my favorite mm. thing to do. I'll, I'll take, I'll take like a 45 minute walk some somewhere through the city. And it's like truly my favorite thing to do. You like listen to a podcast or um, music where you mm -hmm. get on the phone with a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. And just wandering around is um, mm -hmm. to me, it's my favorite way to, to, um, to transport my, myself from one place to another. So, so um, cool. yeah, cars are, cars are not it. Let I me love tell that you. you said you're, uh, you're really great at walking. That's <laughs> I am. I'm really good at it. Like whenever I go to Los Angeles, people always look at me like I have four heads. Cause I'm like, I'm like, Oh, how far can you tell me like how far this place is? And they'll be like, Oh, that's like a 15 minute walk. And I'm like, okay, great. Can you just point me in the direction? <laughs> and they are like, why would you ever walk for that long? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but as you talk a lot about um, your mom mm -hmm. and her kind of influence on you, can you share a little bit about your dad? Yeah, um, my dad is uh, like a fourth generation white plains Jew. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, he grew up in White Plains, which is a suburb right outside of New York City. Um, he's a poet. He is, he's a, he's a, he's a funny guy. He has, he has a really good sense of humor. Um, he is really, um, he is really organized and um, he looks exactly like uh, Joel Gray. He's like a, a famous Broadway uh -huh. actor. Um, he literally looks identical to Joel Gray. Um, but yeah, he's he's a he's a funny guy. And what were you, what was your like relationship with him growing up? Um, it was a little complicated. My parents separated when I was four years old, mm -hmm. and um, my mom was the person who requested the divorce. And back then, um, and I don't know if this is the case now, but back then, uh, when when couples got got separated or divorced, and the judge would most commonly award custody to the mom unless there was like a reason not to. Mm -hmm. And um, so my father was really fighting for joint custody and he didn't get 50-50. They did get joint custody, but he got not fully, he didn't get fully, um, full 50-50 custody. And he really wanted 
that. And um, one thing that he was able to sort of push for and, and get through the divorce was, uh, so my father's Jewish, he's more culturally Jewish than practicing religious Jewish, but mm -hmm. he really pushed in the divorce for me to be raised Jewish because that meant that I would spend more time with him because mm -hmm. that would mean that legally I had to be there for all the holidays. It meant that whenever, it meant that every Sunday I had to go to Hebrew school and um, he would pick me up for that and drop me off and, and then take me back to my mom's after and that was more time he got with me and so he um he got that and so I was legally required to be raised Jewish um and that caused some tension between us not because there was anything wrong with the religion but because up until that point in my life I had never been um too religious and now I was being forced to participate in this religion that I didn't really feel much of a connection to. Mm -hmm. um, and and then he also dated someone shortly after he and my mom split up that I did not get along with at all. Um, and so for those two reasons, we sort of had a lot of distance for a while in mm -hmm. our in, in our relationship. Um, and it's it's gotten much better as I've gotten older, and it's really cool to um, see him with my daughter and sort of see him sort of building a relationship with her that hopefully won't have that sort of gap in it that ours did. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, he's also in New York city. So I see him often. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so good that their family's close and I'm, yeah. it sounds like you're a very family oriented person. Yeah, I think because my parents separated when I was so young and I had two households um, and then I also had my grandparents and my cousins around and stuff and I, I feel like I always, but everyone was sort of like fractured, everyone was sort of in different places. We were all in the same area but in different places and I've really idealized this idea of not like, a, you know, two two kids and a um, dog and a picket fence type, type family but I, I do really enjoy the idea of being a unit um, mm -hmm. with a partner and and whatever the family structure is, whether there are kids or not. Um, and so that is something that I think I've really like worked toward mm -hmm. a lot of my life. Um, and it's been cool to sort of land where where I did because I've been with my partner now for over 11 years, so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And before we end, I'd love to hear a little bit about him. What are some things you enjoy about him? Oh, he's the best. He is um, complete opposite of me in every way, which is um, great. He's like over a foot taller than me. He's a giant and I'm quite short. Um, mm -hmm. He is truly the most thoughtful and um, sensitive, empathetic person, um, which I'm not not those things, but I'm <laughs> a bit more um, brash and um, I move really quickly. I'm, I'm pretty impulsive and he is the opposite in, in that regard specifically, which I think is, um, it's an, it's a nice balance to have because otherwise I, my life would be on fire all the time. Cause I'm just like, let's mm. just do this. And he's like, have you read the instructions or how do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, no, but I've just spent all of our money purchasing a thing because it looked cool. <laughs> you know, like I'm very <laughs> all over the place. Um, and he is, um, funny 
especially not when he means to be. And it's always like really nice to have someone um, that you can sort of laugh with at themselves because mm -hmm. he, he lets me um, really call him out mm -hmm. on his nonsense a lot. And um, rather than getting mad about it, we, we laugh, which is a nice thing to have. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that you, you said 11 years, did you say? Yeah, we, we started dating uh, senior year of college and wow. stayed together. Yeah. Wow. So I can only imagine what that like transformation has been since college, like the ups and downs, the growing, yeah. the building. Um, I think that's really, really cool. And it's, it says a lot about both of you to be able to hold on to something for so long, I think. Um, continue to find love in different ways and find things that are interesting and keep a relationship going because um, those stories don't always happen the way that they've happened for you. Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely grew up together, which That's is amazing. Yeah. So Natasha, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. Um, thank you. I am just like super honored and appreciative of you taking your time knowing that you are in the process of raising a newborn and i can only imagine what that schedule's going to look like because i just keep hearing and it sounds like as a writer that never stops as well that is um, true yeah so <laughs> I, I truly appreciate the time that we've had today and i just want to thank you so much oh thank you this was so fun